Hey everyone and welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. My name is Liam from Reach Interactive and during the show I chat with marketers on a wide range of topics like SEO, content, paid ads, socials and more. Today's episode is number 46 of the show and it's also the first of our planned releases in October which feels weird to say. I know that we have some great episodes lined up this month as we close in on number 50 which is really exciting and a big milestone for us. Before we get started, if you are listening via Apple Podcasts, then it would be very appreciated if you could leave us a quick review or rating as they do help us grow and reach a wider audience. So our guest today is Ashley Jones from Marketing Showcase, who I'm looking forward to chatting with about event marketing in 2020 and how the industry is shaping up moving forward. So hi, Ashley. How's it going today? Hi, Liam. Thanks very much for having me and thanks for everyone listening at home. Things are going really well. That's good to hear. So could you tell us about yourself and Marketing Showcase in around about a minute for us? So my name is Ashley Jones and I'm one of the directors at Framework Media and we organise Marketing Showcase events. And in our normal guise, I suppose we'd be travelling the country, uh, running our regional events for marketers at some of the major cities in the UK. Obviously this year with the pandemic, it threw our industry a bit of a curveball. So we found ourselves pivoting fairly early and putting Marketing Showcase live events into an online format, which has been really exciting, presented some challenging moments for me and the team. But I suppose the biggest thing from this year has been we've learned so much. I feel like uh, over my whole career so far, I've probably learned more in these first seven months of 2020 than I have in the, in the rest of it combined, really. So we're a family business. There's 10 of us now, ranging from uncles, mothers, fathers, best friends from school. So we're a very close-knit team. And uh, yeah, my dad set the business up 30 years ago, so I'm kind of following in his footsteps as things go. And yeah, just excited for what the future holds, I guess. Awesome. And I did actually have a chance to attend one of your events. I went to the South Yorkshire Expo event and I've only got positive things to say. I met some really good connections that I've kept in touch with since. And it is actually how I met one of our former guests, Carrie Kirby, who spoke about branded games during episode 25 on the show. So fingers crossed that you can get back to live events soon. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking about event marketing in 2020 and how to get the most of it. Brilliant. Thanks for the kind words about the event. Pleased you could attend. Yeah. Shout out to Carrie Kirby. Yeah. Shout out to Carrie. Let's get started then. So let's get started and talk about event marketing then, which is an industry that has obviously been hugely impacted this year due to the virus. So what are some of the things that have been going on in the industry, Ashley? I guess the, the, the first thing to sort of say is I come at this from an organizer's point of view where we run commercial events. There are plenty of different styles of events out there. When we talk about event marketing, you could be kind of running in-house events and that may have a different spin on it to what I've experienced but yeah certainly from from what I've seen all fractions of event event marketing have been affected by the pandemic I've always said from the start we pretty much set out to do exactly the opposite of what the guidelines are right now in terms of you know throughout this it's been stay apart when in normal times we bring people together at live events face to face so that poses a really, really difficult scenario for, for anybody in this business. So we've looked, as many companies have, to try and replicate those experiences online. And that was the when, when we started, well, when we realized we were going to have to postpone some of the live events and run some online stuff in its place. That was kind of where we started. We said, well, let's take every aspect from our live event and as closely replicate it as possible. And that goes all the way from the marketing campaigns to the actual production and products and services that we offer within the event. And for some things like your seminars, for example, that, that very easily translates into a webinar. 
and you can invite somebody to that in just the same way you would. But in other areas of the event, that makes things more tricky. So um, yeah, it's certainly been a whirlwind of a year for sure. It sounds like it's definitely been a big challenge then. But as you mentioned, it's led to a lot of new opportunities like webinars, virtual events and more accessibility. I'd be interested to know how you found the transition from in-person to going virtual. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. When we went into the, the pandemic, you know, we sat down and we sort of said, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? And planned out different, uh, you know, response plans as a result. And pretty much it's been the worst case scenario. So the, the pivot has been tough for sure. And we've learned a lot from each challenge that's been thrown our way. Pretty much every time we run what we would describe as an online event or a virtual event, we learn something new from each one. And that gives us a chance to improve for the next one, which is great. That's been a really interesting process to sort of follow. Um, I mean, I can just give you an example for that right now, if it helps anyone out there. So we, as I said, we, we started to try and replicate our live events online. And a big part of that is an exhibition. And I think a lot of organizers in the same shoes as us sort of said, right, let's just start this virtual exhibition, which I should mention has been around for a long time before the pandemic. And we, we, we said, well, let's, let's, get it on, let's get it online and we'll put our suppliers online and we'll, we'll set up things like Zoom calls via the online stands and people who engage with, with the best one in the world. But it just turned out that human nature was using online events that we found our visitors just didn't want to engage with those exhibitors in that way. So you kind of look back and you, you, you analyze that data that you pull from the event and, and what happened and what didn't. And then you have to think, well, how do I set that up better or, or do I just drop that entirely? So we actually decided that that was pretty much a no-go from the start. And we have to find another way for visitors to engage with exhibitors via the event, which you know I'm happy to share today on the podcast um, at some point in this discussion. But that gives you some example of, of what the transition's been like for sure. Yeah, sounds like there was a lot of planning and thought that went into your transition to move online then. You mentioned customer expectations and what people might want to get out of attending a virtual event compared with in-person. This really interests me because you don't really need to commit to a full day or a half day when attending a virtual event. But at the same time, I imagine that lots of people will lose out on networking opportunities and the chance to talk to people and interact in person, which is only possible at an in-person event. So what are some of the differences that you've noticed? Do you know what the interesting thing? And I, as I said at the start, I'm I'm an exhibition organizer. So in normal times, I've got basically two sets of clients. I've got the visitors that attend. You mentioned you came to one of our shows last year. But then on the other side of things, we've got you know the paying sponsors and the exhibitors and the speakers that use our events. And both segments have been have reacted to the the change to virtual. I'd say very differently from the visitor side of things. I've had people saying, do you know what? I preferred your online events to your live ones. And you know, I didn't know quite how to take that. You know, I'll, I'll take the compliment in it somewhere. But visitors have really enjoyed being able to, whilst they've been adapting to working from home, for example, if an organizer can find, you know, a clever way of presenting them the same content that they would have got just in a slightly different experience, they love it. You know, it's brilliant. You can, you can sit in on webinars just as you would have seminars. You can check out what companies have to offer via some form of online exhibition, for example you know, that's great. However, if you look at the other segment of customers out there to do with exhibitions, like the ones that we organize, you've got paying sponsors who in normal times really base their event experience on opportunities generated and leads generated from the event. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, it's really tough to generate leads via online shows for, for, for our paying clients and sponsors. You've got the opportunity online to just click the little cross button at the start of any online event. Whereas 
it's quite awkward if you're at a live show and you just cut someone off midway through their presentation and sort of leave out the room. So it's really tough to be able to satisfy a normal exhibitor's needs in terms of generating leads. And we've just said to most of our clients, to be honest with you, whilst, we're, whilst we are running online events, they are very, very different to live shows and they need to be treated as such, whether that be where you place them in your sales funnel or the way you engage with them and the way you actually use them. Yeah, that was a great example because as an attendee, if you aren't having fun or you get an important call from your boss or a customer, for example, then it's really easy to just leave. Whereas if you go to an in-person event, then that's the focus of your day and you make sure that you get the most out of it. Exactly. So I guess just, you know, what I want to say to that is for, for visitors, you know, there are all these brilliant experiences out there that whether it be organizers like myself that are trying to put on or suppliers, other bodies, you know, this podcast is a great example. There's, there's some great media out there to consume right now. And, you know, they're bending over backwards to allow you to be able to, to, to continue to learn. What is really tricky is for the people out there that would normally spend money on exhibiting and, you know, those same suppliers that normally supply them with great leads at live events have really tried hard to create a virtual experience but inevitably it's kind of ended up being something different maybe i'd go as far to say and certainly people that are normally investing in events have got to try and do something different with those virtual events to succeed another question that i had around virtual is what are some of the things that businesses should consider if they are thinking of hosting a virtual event um, this year or in the near future I think the first thing is to recognize that they're not a live event. You know, like I just said, that they're, they're very different things. And, you know, using an example, if you're stood on a exhibition stand um, or you're presenting a seminar and you can see the whites of people's eyes or you can shake hands or you can even smile with them, you can't do that over a computer, apart from if you're already engaged on a Zoom call. But how do you actually get that person onto that Zoom call to have that point of engagement? So one of the things that I'd say if you're going out there to host a virtual event or a webinar is you've got to be really creative in trying to re replicate that engagement. You've either got to work hard in the run up to the event to create those opportunities of engagement in advance, whether that be, for example, setting up meetings or making sure they have a planned agenda of what webinars they can join on the day. You just cannot replicate an event online. It's just, it's just physically impossible to do in exactly the same way that has been done previously. So there's that. Don't, don't try and replicate a live event. But what I would say is you still have to realize that they are a show. So when I say that, I don't, I don't mean to contradict myself, but you still got to put production quality into it. We can't just suddenly get, sit back and become lazy and say, oh, well, I'll run it over Zoom and um, I won't do anything with it. You know, I'll just sit in front of my, I'll sit on my couch in front of the, I don't know, the TV and I'll have everything going on in the background. You've got to create a space that, you know, is respectful of people's time, I guess. It's, it's got to be a professional quality outfit. So whether that means investing in a, uh, well, just to give you some examples of things that we've done, we, we took some of our live event stands and we set that up in a room in our office, just so rather than standing in front of an, a blank wall or, um, you know, having any pictures on the background, we're stood in front of our normal reception desk stand. It happens to be a nice shade of blue, which represents our corporate colors, which is great. But um, we also invested in professional quality microphones. I really think that when you're presenting a webinar, for example, you can get away with bad video, but you can't get away with bad audio. I hate sitting in on webinars where the, the audio is just crackling and you're sitting there trying to adjust the volume time and time again. So we invested in a decent quality mic, but 
I think things like the internal camera on most people's laptops is probably acceptable quality. So yeah, I think recognizing that they're not live events. So treating things like engagement slightly differently and trying to get creative with the ways you can create engagement between uh, visitors to these virtual experiences is one thing, but also still trying to create a show. So still putting a certain amount of effort and, and quality behind any production that you put out there. Two really good tips there. A question that leads on from that nicely is before the virus, you at Marketing Showcase would host events all around the UK that were located in different cities. And now that your events are online, all of a sudden you have this online event that the whole country or perhaps even people across the world can join. So how do you approach event frequency? Are you hosting more or are you trying to play it safe so that attendees don't suffer from fatigue from seeing the same event too frequently? Really good question and one that we've been thinking a lot about in the office um, when we were sort of planning uh, the rest of our schedule. I mean, our hand was forced a little bit in terms of we didn't really have another option other than run it. You know, we're sitting here, our, our whole business is around creating live experiences. And like I said, right at the start of this, that's pretty much the opposite of what things have been needing to happen this this year. So we've had to come up with a format online. In the early days, we were replacing our live events with, you know, still marketing to the exact same region that those small local events would have been, but just replacing them with an online event in that area. Um, and we did that for a while and then realized, actually, why would you run an online event in Manchester when you can run the same event to the, like you say, the whole world? Uh, supposedly. So we decided then to go national. And the, the challenge that that presented was if you're going national and you're still going to stick to a frequency of using, using ours, for example, once a month, you need to make sure the content is fresh every single time. Whereas previously where we'd changed the location, that was your uh, variable. So you could get away with keeping the content because there'd be a different city and a different audience each time. So the new challenge that's presented itself is that every time we organize one of these online webinars, a lot of effort goes into making sure that the speakers are all either brand new, they're new speakers that have never spoken with us, or uh, they're a respected keynote that's welcomed back to join us at one of our events, but they're talking on a different topic. Um, and I think that's the answer to making sure that people don't get bored of it at the end of the day and you can keep doing it once a month is, is keeping the content fresh. Yeah, great answer there. We've covered virtual events in detail now. So my final question is, do you think there is room for things to stay virtual when things return to normal? Or do you think that we'll go back to being in person? Look, the, th the thing for us was when we sat there and we said, right, we can either go into hibernation for a few months or we can decide to, to try and go virtual. It was about creating something that would stand us uh, in good stead when things got back to normal. I think for any business, you know, that that's what this time has been about. If you couldn't quite do your normal service, it's been about evolving, transforming, you know, using all of those cliche words that I'm sure the listeners to this have heard many a time, but really trying to make sure that there was something that would set us up for long term. So even, you know, my goal, I want to get back to running live events as soon as possible. You know, we, we, we're good at it. We enjoy it. But I think those live experiences are, if anything, missed. So yes, we want to do that. But the, the virtual events we are here to stay. We want to keep them going. And it, whether it be in the guys that they complement the live events and they, they sit more as a hybrid, that's a term that's being flung around quite a lot is the hybrid event format where the people that want to go to the live event and can go will go. But those that miss out on it or don't feel comfortable about returning can enjoy the content from a safe place, whether that be at home or in the office. So I think they are here to stay. And I think we would have wasted a lot of time and, and everyone would when they're looking at virtual events. 
would have wasted a lot of time and effort if we just chuck them away afterwards. At the very least, you've got to take what you learned from them and, and implement them at slightly longer term when live events do get back. That's another really good answer. And I'm sure that all of us that have done new things this year will ultimately include them as part of the norm, even when things go back to normal. When live events do return to normal then, do you think anything will change or be different aside from some people staying at home? Do you know what? It's so difficult and I'd hate to make a prediction because pretty much every prediction I've made this year has gone wrong. <laughs> whether it be predicting when we'll return to live events or whether it be some sort of other prediction, I seem to be getting a lot of it wrong. But I think the answer to your question, yes, a lot will change. I mean, as organisers, we've got to look at the Event Industry Association, of, the Exhibition Association have come up with a lot of guidance around creating safe events, whether that be uh, spreading out uh, exhibitors, making sure that there's more space at seminars, making sure there's one way route, crowd control, making sure that there's loads of hand sanitizer available. So yeah, all of the practical steps that we've seen implemented, even at your, well, actually, this is probably a bad example, but I was going to say the supermarket, but from my experience, I think most live events could be <laughs> organized in a safer way than your local uh, XYZ supermarket. But I think live events will look different. They'll have an aspect of hybrid to them ultimately short term. But I do think it's important to mention people liked what we were doing or what everyone was doing pre-COVID. So my natural instinct says that people will go back to normal rather quickly. Yeah, I did put you on the spot there to get a prediction. So since I asked you to tell us your quick tips for virtual events, do you have any quick tips as well for in-person events so that exhibitors or visitors can get the most out of them? Very good question. I think the reason we go to live events is to, to meet people. Um, I hate the term networking. I think it's really been damaged over the years. But for me, proper networking is learning from others' experiences. So I think that's a real key thing. If you're a visitor, put yourself about a bit. Go around and speak to as many people as you can. I see it all too often at our live events that somebody will go and sit in the corner and just kind of watch the event go by. I guess the whole point you come to this to any event is to try and get something from it. So put yourself about a bit. Um, and that goes to say on the other side, I mentioned our exhibitors, they've got to do the same. It's not good enough to go to these events and sit on your phone and expect for people to come to you. You've got to, to, to really put yourself about and, and make the most of every opportunity that's in front of you, whether that be learning from a webinar or, or speaking to the person next to you. Sounds good. And hopefully, yeah, we can get back to that live atmosphere as soon as possible. We're going to wrap up the main section here and close out with some fun questions. So stay tuned. So we always close out the episode with two fun questions. And if you've ever listened before, then you will know what they are. The first one, Ashley, is do you have a fun or memorable story from your career that you can share with us? Yeah, I don't know whether to say the fun or, or the slightly embarrassing one or the nice one first, but we'll start with the embarrassing one. I'll put myself out there. Um, I was once on reception and I don't know what I dropped, whether it was some, a visitor's badge or a pen or something like that, but I bent over to pick it up and I heard this almighty rip as the center of my trousers just split from front to bottom. So uh, that was definitely the most embarrassing moment I've ever had at an event. And I can feel myself going red now, just, just repeating it. But on a slightly more inspirational note, I remember obviously this being a family business and my dad's been doing it for years now so I must have been no older than maybe 10 or 11 and he took me along to one of the the shows and me obviously being that young and not knowing what he did it was quite impressive to see all the the stands and structures being put up around me and I think from there I, was, I, I go as far as I was hooked. That's a cool answer because we definitely take events for granted but there is so much that goes on behind the scene that goes unnoticed and without that obviously those events wouldn't be possible. 
The final question of this episode is, do you have a favorite resource that might help other marketers or business owners with their jobs? And you mean to say other than Marketing Showcase Online and the 20-Minute Marketing Podcast? Because obviously those are the two most valuable resources out there for marketers at the moment. But apart from those, I've seen some really good uh, virtual experiences created by the Business Marketing Club. They've been great. And yeah, uh, there's plenty out there. But yeah, Business Marketing Club are events that we run monthly, Marketing Showcase Online, and of course, this podcast. Yep, love the answer. And the Marketing Showcase blog does have some great content on there that features guest posts from lots of great marketers. So be sure to check that out. Marketing Showcase also have an upcoming event next week on Tuesday, the 13th of October from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So you can also check out that live event. I'm sure there'll be some great guest speakers and you can also see how Ashley and the team are putting together live events for us to enjoy. All you need to do if you're interested is visit their website and sign up to register. And if you can't make that event, then don't worry. I'm sure there'll be one in the future that you can attend. So with that said, thank you for being a great guest, Ashley, and sharing some insights on event marketing in 2020 with us. Thank you so much for having me. All the best. Not a problem. So thank you to everyone that has listened and we'll be back next week with episode 47 that is all about branding.